In the name of the God who creates us, the God who redeems us, and the God who sustains us. Good morning, St. James. It is good to be here with you this morning as I take my first turn up here in the pulpit. In fact, it's the very first time I've stood up here. Gosh, it's rather high. (laughs) Although perhaps I should have prayed for some easier texts for us to wrestle with this week. Justice, fairness, while these words don't appear in our readings today, they are themes that seem to be woven into them. And these are big concepts for us to tackle, particularly when we haven't had a chance to get to know each other yet. Not really. But this is where the Spirit has set for us to begin. Our reading from Exodus finds the ancient Israelites in a bit of a predicament. They've been liberated from a life of bondage in Egypt, but now they're wandering in the wilderness, lost aimless. And for them, their lack of surety induces a sort of nostalgia, almost in the way that one thinks that the grass has just got to be greener on the other side. Regardless of the hardships the ancient Israelites have endured, they know what to expect in Egypt. And so perhaps it is out of this unsurety, this sense of dis-ease, that they lift their voices to complain about what is and compare it to what was. If only you had let us die in Egypt, they lament. At least there our bellies were full. You can almost hear their words, their complaining. This is unfair. Our gospel from Matthew, one of Jesus' parables, tells a different story, but perhaps with a similar refrain. Here, it's different groups of laborers, one who works the entire day and the others only a part. Yet when it comes time to receive their wages, the groups are paid the same thing, which leaves those who worked the whole day with something to say about it because they want to know how it is that those who only worked part are going to get the same thing as them. Where, oh where, oh Lord, is the fairness in that? Perhaps it is human nature to complain, to be dissatisfied with our current condition so we can compare it to someone else's even when our lives overflow with blessings, often our eyes stay fixed on that which we lack. And then that becomes our focus instead of giving thanks for what we have. These are two different stories to be sure, but I wonder if there's a thread of commonality in them, maybe in the refrain. Because in Exodus, God hears the complaint of God's people the call of hunger, maybe fear, and God provides. In Matthew, again, if we presume the landowner in the story is God, God hears the petition, but Jesus offers a bit of what we colloquially may call a bit of a clapback. 
Because in Matthew's telling, the landowner makes clear that in his provision, he has dealt upright with everyone. I paid you what I said I would. This is what the landowner says when he's faced with complaints from those who worked all day. Now be glad for it and go. I know you know this already. One of the ways that we open up the Bible for our understanding is by putting ourselves in the story. And here in the present, looking at these two Stories, I can't help but wonder if it might be challenging for us to see ourselves in the role of those who raise their voices and only bring forth complaints. And I wonder what our internal narrative would be if we were the ones who were hungry in the desert, or we were tired after a full day of work and just wanted to be paid fairly. Because I have to think that here on this side of the tale, we know what the better portion is, what God would have us do. Especially because we know in each instance that God provides. But then I wonder, do the stories sit right with us? Or do they feel slightly uncomfortable and rub against our internal principles of fairness? particularly that last part of the gospel, when we are reminded that the last will be first and the first will be last. If we can really be honest, maybe we'd note that there's a little bit of prickliness and uncertainty there. A little bit of, I'm not quite sure what to do with this. I have no easy answers for you. But what I can say is this is where our work lies as Christians. There's a quote attributed to Cornell West, justice is what love looks like in public. I keep those words on my computer desktop so I have to see them every time my screen turns on. To me, it provides a way to cut through the confusion and provides a reminder of how God, how God sees the world through a lens of love. It is how God expects us to achieve God's kingdom here on earth through justice, which after all is what we have been put here to do, to share the love that God has for all of us with all of God's children and spread God's blessings in a way that is consistent with God's notion of fairness, even when they're different from ours. Because God doesn't keep track the way we sometimes do. It's the opposite of how we are socialized in this country with our ideas of bootstraps and illusions of self-determination which is why Jesus calls us again and again back to principles of fairness and justice and love. I provide what is needed, God tells the Israelites lost in the Midbar, the wilderness. I provide what is needed, God tells the laborers in the vineyard. I provide what is needed, God tells us. 
and that empowers us to make sure that those around us have what they need. And thus begins the work. Because God has put it in our hands to get it done. To be God's hands and feet and heart to make the just world that God's self would make. It's not as easy or straightforward as we might like it to be. Some of it is downright difficult. But this is the work that God wants for us, calls for us to engage in. This is the work of discipleship which means that perhaps my initial assessment of these texts was wrong because this is the perfect place for us to start our journey together. At homecoming a couple weeks ago, Zach talked about how we are called here together in this place to be fed by God's word and sacraments. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, that our time in community should help us illuminate the spark of God inside us so that we might each become outward visions of Christ's peace and love. It is this mix of both groundedness and excitement that helped draw me here, this palpable sense of the Spirit moving in and through this place, it is an honor to be here with you and to be able to walk alongside you in this new chapter of St. James and in your lives. I'm excited to partner with each of you as we climb inside and wrestle with the words of Scripture, as we figure out how we do justice together, what fairness looks like, how we show God's love to the world around us and to each other. How we tackle issues that are so big that we can't even see the other side of them. But we'll do it anyway because we know that we indeed are God's provision. We are the ones who are called upon to do justice and love mercy. This, my friends, this is the work, and I can't wait to see what we do together. Amen.